to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. As we say here, yeah, positive talk with an edge. At least that's what someone said to me uh, up in Boston this weekend. So welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. We do consider ourselves the new mainstream in talk radio. And that's because what we like to do is we like to bring people on, have conversations that are about living life full out. Full out. That doesn't mean you don't have challenges. That doesn't mean that each of us doesn't have a little crusty stuff going on here. What it means, though, is that deep down inside, you have everything you need to move beyond whatever that situation is, whatever that condition is, and live life full out. What a fabulous, fabulous show we have for you today. Because if you want to hear about obstacles, if you want to hear about what it's like to move beyond them, you're going to want to know everything that you could possibly know about my guest right now and about Breakfast at Sally's, a true story about finding human potential. Richard Lemieux is joining me here today as, and I'm not going to give you a whole lot of the information about him because, first of all, I want you to hear his story uh, as he tells it. But I will say this, that, you know, when you're down, when you're out, and you need an inspirational story, then you're going to want to, to read Breakfast at Sally's. Richard Lemieux suffered from deep depression, lost everything he owned, hit rock bottom. I can go on. Bankruptcy was just one of the directions his life went into. But more importantly, what is it that we know about him that stands out, at least for me? He did not give up. Like so many of the people that I get to chat with every day, He's someone that has a real-life story, and in finding and defining himself and taking that journey, you get to figure out what's really important. We are so thrilled and honored to have him joining us here today, especially, especially during these times. Um, we want to welcome you, Richard, to the show and welcome you with open arms. Congratulations, first of all, on a fabulous book. But secondly, for having the courage to take this story out into the world. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's, it's just wonderful to have a chance to uh, tell the story and tell, tell people uh, that the world is actually a pretty wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and boy, I'll tell you, coming from uh, sort of what you've been through, that is an understatement. <laughs> but I want to start out by asking a question that I ask everyone. Everyone, even though I know part of the answer to this. I want to hear it from you. It's a question that came to me, actually, my first show I've ever done. And it probably comes from my, my stepmom, who taught me everything that I know today about perseverance. And here's the question. Given everything that I've just shared, your life's journey, where you are today, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you personally, Richard, have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, uh, I, I I never expected to be homeless uh, or hungry on the street. In fact, we just got back from a wonderful lunch, uh, and a lady asked me, 
what it was like to be hungry. I, as a child, my mother and father took care of me and fed me well and loved me well. And as I went to college and I went through life, I had uh, uh, a pretty, I became a sports writer and, and uh, wrote for a large newspaper and played in the, with the journalistic toy land for a while. And I had my own business for a long time. I uh, never, ever expected in my life to uh, be homeless. Mm. And a lot of people today, especially women and children, uh, because of our economy, because of our situations, uh, are going through exactly the same thinking process I did when I found myself living in my car after six months of convincing myself that this was sort of a little uh, uh, bad dream going on. Uh, mm. But uh, uh, I actually did attempt to take my life. Uh, on Christmas Day in 2002, uh, I went to the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. And some people, it's actually a, one of the most beautiful bridges in the country. It goes over Puget Sound. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. And uh, I went to that bridge feeling that there was nothing left for me personally. My life was was worthless. I was a worthless person. I had failed at life. And there was nothing on the horizon that could ever help. I had no friends. I didn't know what love was anymore. I didn't know anything about... Uh, all I knew is I needed to end my life. And I took... What I did was, the only thing I had left was my... Of all the possessions I had, was a few clothes in my car and... uh my little dog, Willow, which is a little white Dijon frise, a little white dog. And we went to that bridge, and I pulled out on it. I uh, Every time I tell this, it, it, it takes a little bit of a toll to tell, but but I need to tell it uh, so others know what it's like. But I, I went on to that bridge. I put a note in my car saying, this is my little dog, Willow. I call her the Wonder Dog. And when you find her, please, please love her and take care of her. And I left that note in the car with a little bit of dog food and a little bit of water and the keys and the windows down a little bit. And I walked out on the bridge with the full intention of, of getting rid of this miserable person that I was sort of carrying around. Mm. And But I, as I got out there and I went plenty far enough, it's a, a, it's a, just, just jumping off, would, by the time you hit the water, as soon as you hit the water, you'd be... You'd be dead. I uh, could not think of nothing else but my little dog Willow in the car, and in my mind, I could hear her barking. But it's a far, it's far out there. You, you, all you could hear was some rumble of the trucks and cars on the bridge on Christmas Day. But still, in my mind, all I could hear was that dog that calling me back. And and, and, and I, I did that. I turned around. And I came back, and I and that dog saved that little dog Willow saved my life. And since that time, there have been tough days, but uh, I, about four months later, after going to uh, the Salvation Army in, in the little town of Bremerton, Washington, and, and meeting people at that, at that soup kitchen is what it really is, a soup kitchen with beaten up old tables and a, a floor that's marred from years of People coming there looking for, for food every day at lunch and dinner and breakfast. And, of course, that's the name of the book, Breakfast at Sally's. But there 
I met people at those tables who were living on the street, and they accepted me as a human being. And we, we laughed that day on the same 24-hour period in which I wanted to take my life. They didn't judge me. They just wanted to know my name, and they, we joked about the food that was being served called mystery meat. Uh, and uh, that was the beginning of a process of a new life for me right there in that, that Salvation Army soup kitchen where slowly but surely I began to see things that I had to write about. Uh, it just, I was obsessed about writing the pe- about the people I met. Not about myself necessarily, but the people I met, the things I saw. And and I, I got to find out who I was for the first time. I found out that I was a not a product of of, uh, of everything in the past, that I was worthy just like I was. And uh, that's, uh, it's, it's been a, a wonderful journey, a yeah. wonderful journey. It's still going on, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. It is. And, you know, and I love that you and I are having this conversation right now, Richard, and the reason that I love it is because I think for a long time, folks uh, have kind of thought homeless people are homeless because of, and you can fill in the blank, A, B, C, and D. And, and, and the blanks that we usually fill in have to do with the judgment we have around homeless people. Right. And yet today, I want to say to you, that, you know, two weeks ago I had a conversation with a very dear friend of mine, very successful in his life, it, it, you know, now can't sell his home, losing oh. his home. He doesn't have a home. Oh. And so I want to ask you about your story and then why this is so important. I mean, you never really thought you were going to become homeless, but you did. And so how do you describe how that happened, Richard? Well, there are there are people that are living in their cars today that can't tell you. Just, uh, number one, uh, over the years, the stereotypes that you talk about, people saying, well, they must be a cocaine drug addict, otherwise they wouldn't be on the street. Or, That's right. Or they, they've drunk their way there, or, they're right. not, or they don't want to get off the street. Uh, right. There's right. Always That's a re- the one we hear a lot. That's the one you hear a lot. Yeah. The truth is there are people who... As if we would choose to be... <laughs> on the street. Yeah, I okay? think I'll go live on the street and be a great place That's to like be. choosing to be gay. <laughs> it's like choosing gay. But in my particular case, uh, you know, my business climate, I, I, one of the problems I had, I was a, I was a fluent man with a, yeah. you know, a waterfront home on Puget Sound and three boats and three cars. Uh, I've been to, you know, Monte Carlo and stayed in the Hotel de Paris. I've been uh-huh. to the... Sitting in Pals and in Istanbul, Turkey, I, you know, <laughs> didn't mean nothing to, for me. Spending eight hundred dollars a night for a uh, a chateau in the in the south of France was uh, no big deal. Yeah, uh, and of course that, that, that was, you probably fall, called that a mini vacation, didn't you? That fall, well, that fall for me was even more difficult to understand, and the depression that came with it uh, after that fall that that was. Was debilitated. I was debilitated. I didn't. I didn't even know how I was living in my car. I could not remember. Uh, eventually, I got help through a county mental health facility, 
and I have to bless every county health mm. facility that's in the country for things mm. that they do for people who who often just don't have the money to, to go to someone to really help them with, with mm. problems. But I couldn't remember my, my children's names. That's how, where I was in, in that process. Uh, and so when you have people living, falling, if you will, or, or you know, living in their cars for the first time in their life, looking for their next meal mm-hmm. when they've had their whole life, worked hard their whole life, mm-hmm. tried to build a life for themselves and their children, right? and then get an eviction notice, <laughs> and then end up having no place to go. And the truth of the matter is, fam- families can't, can't mm-hmm. always absorb that process. Absolutely not. You know, Richard, we're going to take a short break when we oh, come sure. back. We're going to be talking, uh, uh, you know, this is the show. Wow. Richard Lemieux joining us here today. Fabulous, incredible book, Breakfast at Sally's. When we return from break, we're going to talk more about the book. And we're going to talk about how one goes from living the good life to dumpster diving right here on the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alive Expo joins the Dr. Pat Show in paying it forward. This is an idea whose time has come, and Alive Expo has stepped it up by offering free admission. It's the Alive Expo Economic Stimulus, Saturday and Sunday, November 8th and 9th, at the Linwood Convention Center. Enjoy healthy lectures, fitness demos, sample natural and organic products, and receive tons of free product samples. Admission and parking is free. This is one event you don't want to miss. November 8th and 9th at the Linwood Convention Center. Visit Alive Expo. Do you know of a single-again woman who deserves a fresh start? Tell us why you think your friend deserves to win a three-night Royal Caribbean cruise to the Bahamas. Join us for a wellness getaway cruise for single-again women from February 6th through February 9th. Enjoy uplifting workshops in the morning and beautiful white sandy beaches in the afternoon. Call today. Go to JustGirlTrips.com slash Fresh Start or call 877-239-2950. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. Do you have questions about a job, finances, or relationships? Astrologer Madeline Gerwick is offering special 30-minute personal consultations about love, money, or career for just $85. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com or call Madeline at 877-524-8300 to schedule. Go to PolarisBusinessGuides.com. That's P-O-L-A-R-I-S BusinessGuides.com. So stop wondering and start asking. 
Join Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis on Sundays at noon as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe to live fuller and more conscious lives. She serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings with Robin Alexis every Sunday at noon. And now hear rebroadcasts of Mystic Radio Wednesdays at 1 p.m. and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Made fresh each day for you. Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. everyone incredible story richard lemieux joining me here today breakfast at sally's a true story about finding human potential and you know and true beyond recognition i want to make sure everybody here has the website because it's a fabulous website breakfast at sally's.com breakfast at sally's s-a-l-l-y-s.com and when you go to the website what you're going to be able to see is you know, you're going to be able to, first of all, you're going to see all of the amazing testimonials about the book, but you're also going to be able to plug in and, 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 and join Richard and helping people know what this means. What does it mean to be uh, someone like Richard that has gone through this journey? And then what can we do to help others uh, move through the, 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 let's call it the trauma of homelessness, but yet at the same time the awakening that it has provided for Richard Lemieux, my guest today. Before the break, what I said, Richard, is, uh, you know, I said we were going to talk about, you know, how you go from living the good like life to becoming uh, probably an expert at, uh, at taking care of yourself, at surviving. Um, you know, becoming an expert, an expert at, uh, you know, diving into, you know, these incredible, uh, you know, garbage facilities to, 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 to eat. And, and I want to ask you about that. And I want to ask you about it from this perspective, given that that's what you've gone through, what is it you want people to know, see, and take action about so that we can help other folks? Boy, thanks for framing that that way and asking that question. The truth of the matter is, is that the first step I think everyone has to go through is what I had to go through is to realize that people that are homeless uh, have all kinds of levels of help that is needed. Uh, of course, the truth of the matter is, is the person that is in the, the most uh, harm is the person that uh, is addicted and walking around the streets of our cities uh, uh, with some sort of drug addiction. Mm -hmm. But saying that, there are so many other people that just have need, you know, a place to go to get cleaned up, a place to eat, a place of security, a place where they feel love and compassion, a place where they know they're going to get a smile and someone will begin the process of caring about them. Uh, and the truth of the matter is that we haven't ever, and we haven't really, a, quote, addressed, I guess that's one way to put it, or attacked mm -hmm. homelessness like we have some other problems. No, uh, as a matter of fact, we want to avoid it like it was the plague. We're afraid of it. We're, yep. you know, and I was afraid of it. I mean, still I said, today. We think it's going to go away, actually. It's going to, yeah, we hope that that goes away. 
Mm-hmm. So it's time as best as possible for everyone uh, who loves humanity, and that is indeed all of us. Mm-hmm. We all want to help someone. We all care to, to understand, first of all, what it is. And, and second of all, to understand the people that are there. Someone said to me the other day, there's, you know, they ran into a person who said, well, I like living on the street. I've been here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and maybe, maybe that's possible. But my feeling is, is that all that bluster that comes up from, I want to be on the street. I, I've lived here and I, and I comes from the fact that that person has long ago received, received a thousand no's of help and now uh, doesn't know how to, to gracefully accept help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I believe that if we, if we put our resources together, everything from a, a kind smile to money to other ideas to understanding, first of all, just ex- explaining the person in the buster on the street, understanding all those nuances that we all have, Understanding, first of all, that in this country we shouldn't have women and children, especially living in their cars. Uh, it's, it, some people would call it a crime. Others would say, well, you know, that there must be a reason they're there. It doesn't make any difference. That we have empty, we have empty camp firegrounds across our country. We have empty warehouses. We have empty hotels. We have empty facilities. We have places where, you know, for a small amount of money. We could adapt uh, to give someone at least a brief shelter from the storm and then help rebuild what's necessary to, to you know, because whether you look at it, if, if you look at it from a religious standpoint, let's say you're a man of God and, 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 and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you go to the point and you say, mm-hmm. this is what Jesus has called me to do, to help the poor. Or if you're just a businessman and says, I'm looking to build a, a, a new process of uh, having better employees well then you know then get homeless people off the street and retrain them and, and <laughs> for for good paying jobs that are above the minimum wage not just the minimum wage but but, mm. but to have so people can have a life and and you build that family and you build that neighborhood then uh, it's almost like a it's almost like a, a movie <laughs> It, yeah. it is. And, you know, Richard, what what's really important for me is, and I want to, and at least one thing that's important for me, is I don't know that we all get how difficult it is once you finally are homeless and what that process is, the psychological impact of that is. And then, even after that, what it takes to pull oneself up. And I wanted to ask you about that because... Some of your experiences, and one of them that I read about was you actually having your first, let's call it panhandling um, event back at a mall, a, a pretty upscale or an upscale shopping place that you used to shop at. Now here you were. That's right. I, 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 can you tell us what that felt like for you? Well, I, uh, there was a friend of mine who I saw that I, I coming in and. Uh, that, it's not even in that book. I don't think, I don't remember putting yeah. it in there. But I saw him coming. I had to hid, hide behind the pillar of the grocery store so he wouldn't see me. Uh, and uh, in that store, I had probably spent, I mean, I, uh, as a successful man coming back from, uh, uh, I lived basically on a, a, an island, if you will, in Puget Sound, 
that uh, was part of it. So I would take a ferry from Seattle back to on my way home, and I'd stop at that same grocery store on my way home, and often I'd get, uh, you know, $50, $60 bottle of wine, and uh, some. Uh, and they actually had, if you can't believe it, oysters on the half shell and uh, to go. And, right. Uh, and... Uh, so I'd probably spend two hundred thousand dollars easy uh, over a, a short period of time at that same grocery store, uh, just on what some people would uh, would say were not necessities to say the right. least. And then when I was begging in front of that store, uh, as all you know, it was, it's an upscale neighborhood, and the, the guy got out of his uh, his uh, his big car, and uh, and I thought, well, here's a chance for me to 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 beg, and someone certainly would be understanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, I said, you know, uh, could you? I'm in, down on my luck. I'm in trouble. Uh, just being honest, I could have told him, well, uh, you know, I left my wallet at home. Or I could have made up some excuse, like right, some right. lie. But I just told him the truth. And he looked at me and and he said, my God, we have beggars here now. I can't believe it. Oh, I believe that that was said to you, though, Richard, because <laughs> that's sort of the kind of place that we are right now. Right. You know, well, that's what that was then. I I think we're even, you know, closer to dismissing or looking at a homelessness in a way that oh, we haven't sure. looked at it before. Uh, I mean, you uh, you are talking and represent and are to this day an advocate of what many people are calling an, indivi- an invisible subculture. And I know that we only have a few minutes left here. So what I want to say is I would love to invite you back to the show when you get back uh, to the Pacific Northwest, oh, I believe that's going to happen. I would love for you to come in the studio and for us to do a full hour on this. This that is would such be an wonderful. important conversation for me. That would make my, my uh, you know, as I said before, this book had no purpose. The, the purpose has been taken on from people who have read the, read the manuscript. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they said, I didn't know it was like this. Mm-hmm. And now, speaking about homeless. And now the the people from all types of different missions, the Salvation Army and other places, have been so supportive and trying to say, you know, this puts this puts a face on homelessness, mm-hmm. makes you know, makes it makes those homeless into people. Yeah. <laughs> they are people in the first place, but but the goal now is to put a face on homelessness and to, in every way possible to make the world a better place. And I know it sounds pretty ostentatious to say that that I the guy, the guy who lives in his car wants to change the world and will change the world but by gosh that's just what I want to have happen I want to see more and more people helping other people get up off the, the ground if you will and 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 they seeing that it can be done and to have more hope for the day for each day and that is a day by day thing it, it, it's not something you can just like Wave a magic wand around, and everybody's going to be happy. You gotta, you gotta. It's a day-to-day life where you eventually someone's going to come back and say, "Thank you, thank you for saving my life." And I'm going to oh go out God, now that is so and important. do the same thing myself. Thank you, Richard. I want to thank you. I want to thank you because I know the work that you're doing is going to save so many people's lives. The reason that this is so important to me is that when I was 17 years old, and I'm not going to go into the details about it, that's when I had my first view of what it means to be homeless. 
I didn't and know you that. think at 17, you kind of think, how is this working? Where are you going to go from there? Yeah. But I will say to you that it is through the gift and the help of other people that you and I are here today oh. <laughs> and we're actually being a- able to have this conversation. So, so I want to thank you. I invite you back. I would love to do a complete hour because there's so much we didn't talk about today. But I do want to make sure that everybody has your website. It's so important that we support you, that we support people that are really not in a position to support themselves. Go to breakfastatsallies.com, breakfastatsallies.com. Fabulous book, Richard Lemieux. Um, It's incredible, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, We'll we'll big conversation, and you are up to the call. Thank you for joining (laughs) us. Thank you, dear. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Let's take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about another topic that I'm pretty passionate about, Halloween. But we're going to talk about it in a different way, why Halloween is so important for young people and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.